The Gospel lesson is written in the 13th chapter of Mark, beginning at the 9th verse. Please stand for the reading of the Gospel. Jesus is speaking here to some of his disciples. As for yourselves, beware, for they will hand you over to councils, and you will be beaten in synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings because of me as a testimony to them. And the good news must first be proclaimed to all nations. When they bring you to trial and hand you over, do not worry beforehand about what you are to say. But say whatever is given you at that time, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. Brother will betray brother to death, and a father is child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death, and you will be hated by all because of my name. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Here's a bit of trivia for you today. It's about C.S. Lewis, one of the intellectual giants of the 20th century. Often quoted on matters of Christianity, his writings are full of clarity, wit, imagination, and insight. A world-renowned scholar and best-selling author, C.S. Lewis was celebrated in life. But his death was largely unnoted because it happened on November 22, 1963. He died within an hour of the assassination of President John F. Kennedy, which dominated the media cycle that Friday. Now, here's a great quote by C.S. Lewis. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. So what's he saying here? He's underscoring that we are all made by God for eternity. We will someday die to this world. But the Lord's plan for us is an everlasting life with him. This beautifully underscores the preciousness of human life. Look at those around you here today. No one is ordinary. No one here is a mere mortal. Then Lewis expands on this. Nations, cultures, arts civilization. These are mortal, and their life is to ours as the life of a gnat. All the things of this earth pass away, historic and monumental empires, intellectual and artistic achievements. Nothing of this world will last. They are but shadows. In contrast, we are bright beings created for eternity. Now listen to what he says next. But it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. Immortal horrors, 
or everlasting splendors. Do you get his point? What is it? While we're all immortal, living forever, some will live in hellish, everlasting horror because they turned away from God's call. Jesus Christ himself makes this very clear. Eternal life in glorious splendor is the promise for all who believe in Jesus and do not turn away. So each person's eternal life is a product of either embracing the faith given to them and becoming a creature of splendid eternal glory or rejecting Jesus to be a creature of unthinkable eternal horror. Today we talk of everlasting stories, the stories of lives lived by people who are not ordinary, not mere mortals. Today we talk of four particular immortals, people who have faithfully walked the journey to splendid eternal glory. Their names are Stephen, Perpetua, Dietrich, and Matthew. All were martyred for their Christian faith. The killing of Christians begins with Stephen. You just heard Pam Limke read that in the first lesson, the story of his stoning. He declares Jesus as God to the Jewish authorities. Jesus, or Stephen speaks of Jesus to the Jewish council at length. He explains that Jesus is God incarnate and the Messiah. That's blasphemy to the Jews. And so they stone him. Uh, This is the first Christian martyrdom. It probably takes place within months of the crucifixion of Jesus. Stephen and the earliest Christians are persecuted by the Jewish council. Some are killed, like Stephen, and others are beaten. We hear their stories in the book of Acts. Now, as the persecution increases, Christians flee Jerusalem, carrying their faith out into the world. One of the most amazing documents of early Christianity is the prison diary of a young woman who was martyred just after the year 200 in the city of Carthage. Her name was Perpetua. A new convert to Christianity, she and four fellow believers were arrested and thrown into a dank, dark, overcrowded Roman prison, awaiting their execution. Perpetua was 22 years old. She gave birth to a baby daughter in prison. Perpetua tells in her diary of nursing her baby in prison. She relates the details of visits from her beloved father, a pagan who denies her, who begs her to deny her faith. And she has dreams and visions. In these, she sees scenes of the promise of eternal life and assurances that she needs to undergo this martyrdom. Women of faith, on this Mother's Day, can you imagine yourself in perpetuous place? Cradling her newborn. She chose to declare Christ, even though it means she will die. She will not be there to protect and nurture that child. She must hand that baby to
to another woman and then walk away to her death. Can you imagine? This is the amphitheater in which Perpetua dies. She humbly accepts martyrdom rather than renounce her Christian faith. The early church teaches that those who face such martyrdom are strengthened by Christ who suffers with them. And for that reason, they're able to stand firm. Their firmness, then, is not of their own doing, but of God. Let's fast forward now into the 20th century. Uh, The German people were so despondent after the defeat of World War I and the subsequent economic depression that the demagogue Hitler appeared to be the nation's answer to prayer, at least to most Germans. One exception was theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a Lutheran pastor active in the German resistance to the policies of Hitler and Nazism. During the war years, Bonhoeffer was asked, what do you pray for in these days? He replied, if you want to know the truth, I pray for the defeat of my nation. Bonhoeffer courageously served as a messenger for the German resistance movement. Eventually, his resistance efforts, mainly his role in rescuing Jews, was discovered. On an April afternoon in 1943, two men in a black Mercedes arrived. They put Bonhoeffer in the car and drove him to a Nazi prison. He spent two years there. And then on April 9, 1945, just one month before Germany surrendered, he was hanged. Martyrdom's not a thing of the past. Today's headlines are full of horror to match any stories from history. In February of 2015, ISIS captured a group of Coptic Christians from Egypt in Libya where they'd gone to work. Dragged from their beds and held captive for many days, they were told to renounce their Christian faith. They all refused. Led to the Mediterranean beachfront of Libya, their deaths were captured on video by ISIS. You may remember the images in the news. With the waves at their feet, these Christians are commanded to renounce their faith. They refuse. And many of them speak the name of Jesus as they die. The details of this story are important. There were 20 Egyptian Christians in the group, but 21 men were killed. The 21st was Matthew Ayairga and he was from Ghana. He's the dark-skinned man on the left in this photo. Matthew had not been a Christian, but he was a co-worker with these men. He was so impressed by their courage and conviction that when challenged about his belief, he said, their God is my God. He died alongside the others. Noble deaths are a hallmark 
of Christian martyrs. If you've seen the images, perhaps watched the video of this moment, you have been struck by the resolve, the calmness, the assurance, the fortitude of these martyrs. Don't think martyrdom is ancient history. People are put to death defending their Christian faith today as they have been for the past 2,000 years. The word martyr comes from the Greek language. It means witness. Martyrs die because they firmly witness to Jesus Christ. All expect a life beyond this one, a life in eternal glory. Their witness provides insight into the reality, the essential meaning of our faith. They witness to the truth of faith. They testify to all who see their deaths or hear of them. In ancient times, thousands saw these public executions in amphitheaters and hippodromes. Today, videos are seen by millions. The torturers and oppressors in every age wield satanic power. Their power grows from a conviction that this life and the goods in it constitute the whole of reality. So in taking away life and goods or threatening to do so, oppressors through the centuries have compelled some to acquiesce and deny Christ. What inspires the martyrs is the sure and certain knowledge of an existence beyond this present age, a higher realm, an existence beyond this ordinary one. Life beyond this world is the eternal reality promised in Scripture. This earthly existence is but a shadow. Life is temporary as dry grass in a hot wind. We trust in the promise of eternal life. Martyrs vividly witness to the reality of it. They literally bet their immortal lives on it. These martyrs witness to the truth that this age is not all there is. Our goods and pleasures, our loves and joys in this life are transient. The death of the martyrs is the acting out in the flesh of the same proclamation that they make with their voices, namely, Jesus Christ is Lord. The martyrs rely entirely on the indwelling Spirit of God. Their testimony, their witness, is in word and blood, trusting entirely in the promise of Jesus from today's gospel lesson. The martyrs bear explicit witness to this truth. Their witness is a powerful reminder that we are not mere mortals. We are immortals made for another world of glory. On this Mother's Day weekend, we focus on the work that women do caring for children and grandchildren. And as many of you know, I am the grandmother of a two-year-old grandson and a newborn granddaughter. When I look at their sweet faces, I'm reminded of my days as a young mother caring for my own daughter. 
I remember a good friend back then who had a list of prayers for her young children taped to the wall above her kitchen sink. Even on a night when dishes had to be done after a tiring day, she had that list before her to inspire her prayers to the Almighty. The heartfelt prayers we raise up to the Lord God for our children and grandchildren so often focus on this earthly existence. We pray for physical protection, health, and safety. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we always want to remember that these boys and girls are not mere mortals. They are immortals, created for beautiful eternal glory. We want to pray on that too, that they would walk as believers in this life and so then stand in the glory of God for all time. There is a special yellow insert in your bulletin today with suggestions for prayers for young lives. Perhaps it will find a place in your home inspiring your prayers for the precious immortals in your life. Amen.